You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Okay. Amen. God bless you. Thank you very much, Pastor Ogo. Thank you so much for the introduction to all our new ministers here at LifePoint. Thank you so, so, so much. Your Lagbegis, Wumi, Folusha, God bless all of you. Uh, Oida, amen. God bless you. Um, I was asked to speak this morning about engaging the power of God. Engaging the power of God. Engaging the power of God. Help me ask you, anybody, do you know the power of God? Amen. When, when many of us, you know, hear that uh, phrase, the power of God, uh, we, have, we have different ideas what it is. Some of you straight away think about smoke and dark lights. Amen. Some of you think about uh, people falling. Some of you think about, you know, people rolling on the floor and manifesting all sorts of things. Uh, we think about miracles. We think about all sorts of things, depending on where you're coming from, uh, means the power of God to you. But I think we may all be in agreement when we say the power of God is God moving um, in one way. Or the other. I want to talk about two ideas, well, not ideas, uh, uh, two facts in scripture uh, before I go any further and then uh, round up. Number one, there's what you call the anointing upon. Amen. The anointing upon. So we're effectively talking about the anointing, you know, when we talk about the power of God. Uh, I won't do too much intro in that uh, regard. We're effectively talking about the anointing, the anointing, the anointing of God. To anoint means to smear. Amen. So when God anoints us, God smears us, as it were, with his presence. When he says in James uh, chapter 5, you know, is any sick, let him call on the elders. Let him anoint him. It's the same word, smear. Let, him, let them smear him with oil. And the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Uh, Jesus told uh, the disciples, Acts 1.8, he says, Tarry in Jerusalem until you be baptized with power from on high until you be smeared or bathed in power from on high. So when we ask God to anoint us, what we are effectively doing is asking God to smear us with his presence. The Bible says that uh, we carry about a fragrance. He says to them that are alive, it is the smell of life. And to them that are dead, it is the smell of death. So when, when, if you go into the Bible and you see God instructing Moses to make the anointing oil, you see that it was uh, full of fragrance. Amen. And the Bible says even in the New Testament, we still carry about that fragrance of the Holy Spirit. When you go into a place and you are anointed, uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit, you ought to carry a fragrance. To the discerning, they smell it as a smell of life. And to others, it is a smell of death. I don't know if you've entered a place before and you just discerned something was wrong. Or someone just didn't like you for no reason. Yeah, it may be because you carry a fragrance. You carry a presence that they don't like. I was uh, listening to a message two days ago, you know, and the pastor said that someone in his church put his, put a, you know, you know, they had a calendar with the pastor's picture on it. And he says that um, uh, a member of his church, the father-in-law came into the house from the village and straight away said, who is this man in this picture? He said, please take this picture down. Yeah. And so the guy said, ah, no, no, it's, it's part of the house. So the man didn't sleep in the house. He moved to the BQ. By the next day, he was back in the village. Amen. And then he called him a week later and said, please, that man in that picture, <laughs> he has been following me. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Amen. Because we carry a fragrance that evil smells and that life smells. So I want to talk to us about two anointings. There's the anointing upon. We see clearly in scripture that Jesus Christ had the anointing upon him. It's in uh, 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 the, the 11th chapter of the book of Isaiah. If you see verse 2 there, you see the Bible talking about the spirit of counsel and might. In fact, it says the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him talking about Jesus, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. You see there, not seven holy spirits, but seven manifestations of the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon, the Holy Spirit manifests in different ways to the end that we accomplish service or accomplish assignment. When God gives you an assignment or God gives you a vision, he gives you Provision. Provision means for the vision. Part of the provision that God gives us is the anointing of the Holy Spirit to fulfill the assignment that he has given us. Paul was talking to the Ephesians. He says, if indeed you believe in the grace of God that is upon my life towards you. That grace on him, it's towards the church. That is not his grace. It's not his personal grace. It's not his personal anointing. It is his grace for the assignment. It's his grace for the work. Jesus, uh, uh, God into the synagogue and he said likewise the spirit of the lord is upon me and he has anointed me to do several things amongst them was to heal the sick the bound to proclaim captivity to them and to preach the word of god uh, to those who are poor he gave me that anointing upon myself to do those things scripture says how god anointed jesus of nazareth i think acts 10 38 with the holy ghost and power who went about doing good healing all them that were oppressed of the devil why because god was with him how god anointed jesus of nazareth with the holy ghost and power who went about doing good healing all them that were oppressed of the devil because god was with him. So the anointing that is upon is the anointing for service. God empowers you to do what he has called you to do. A case in study is the life of Samson. If you go to the book of Judges, especially from uh, Judges chapter 13, where uh, an angel appears to this woman and says to her that you are going to have a son. Your son is meant to be a Nazarite. Yeah, and she she ran to her husband. When you get home, read uh, Judges thirteen for the sake of time. When she got, you know, she got to her husband and said, "Look, an angel appeared unto me. His appearance was terrible. He told me this, and so she, uh, uh, sorry, and so the husband prayed to God and said, "God, please send this angel back to us and tell her, tell us, uh, so he can tell us how we are to take care of this man." And so the angel came back and he said to them, "You know, you're not meant to shave his head. You're meant to leave his hair in locks because that is his consecration." You are, uh, the, the woman should not uh, take any wine or any of that because it will affect his consecration. Your consecration is your separation. What are the things that make you who you are that cause you to stand in the fullness of your office? And so you see in the life of Samson, uh, a man who relied so much on the anointing upon that he forgot that there was another anointing, and I will get to that. So Samson, you know, was a very strong man, but he lacked character. Samson lacked integrity. Samson was not a good guy, but his anointing upon would always bail him out. Samson killed a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of an axe. The guy was crazy. 
crazy guy. Samson would, I mean, he would, you know, he saw a lion. The Bible says he saw a lion. The lion roared at him. The Bible says that the spirit of God came on him. He tore the lion apart like it was a young goat. Because the anointing upon is to fulfill God's work or God's assignment for you, when you stay in that place, it looks like you can do all things. This anointing upon. Samson insisted on marrying a Philistine. His parents said, oh no, there are so many girls here. Why are you marrying someone from the Philistines? He said, no, 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 no. He said, she, she pleases me very well. So she appealed to his flesh. He was a feel-good person. If I feel it, I do it. It has nothing to do with the anointing upon or with what God called me to do. I'm saying that because you can be anointed and have an anointing on your life and still crash in life. He was anointed. Nobody can argue about Samson's anointing. What brought him down? His very weakness. They got a lady. I mean, he got married. Then uh, the, the Bible would say Samson went somewhere and he saw a lady there and he liked her. And he went somewhere else and he saw another lady and she was pleasing to him. The boy was just good. I don't know if that's the... You understand what I'm saying? Something just did as he felt. And so when... When the uh, Philistines saw that this was his weakness, they then asked a lady. They said, look, we're going to pay you if you reveal to us or if you get Samson to reveal to us uh, the source of his power. So Samson, um, I'm, I'm not going into scripture because of time. So Samson, uh, first of all, told the lady one lie. He said, oh, if you, if you get a thread and tie it on my hair, you know, I'm going to lose all my power. So she tied it. And she said, Samson, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And the Bible said, he just shook it and moved on. I said, ah, Samson, you don't really love me. You don't really love me. And so he told her something else. He said, if you get, uh, there was a, a particular type of rope. You know, he said, the one that hasn't been used before. He said, if you get it and tie it on my locks, um, I'm going to be useless. In fact, there was one. They said, he said, that if you get a pin, you know, and use it to pin my hair, something like that, it's going to, I won't be able to even get up. He said, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. The Bible says he just got up and just. And so after, the Bible says she, she vexed his spirit sore. She said, Samson, you don't love me. You know these things ladies do. <laughs> and so Samson said, look, so that you let me rest. The secret of my power is if my head is shaved. That was the end. So he slept and they brought a barber to shave his hair. And she said, oh, Samson, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. The Bible says that Samson got up and shook himself as before. But he did not know that the power had left. When you have the anointing upon, to the detriment of the anointing within, you can be like a fan that has been turned off. It will roll for a while. You can be like an air conditioning unit that has been turned off. The room will still be cool for a while. He did not know that the power had left him. He shook himself as before. And so there are people here and there are some who don't even know that there's a grace of God upon their lives along a certain path. As you find out, I want you to know and know and know and know that the anointing upon is not all that exists and all that should be. That is why you would see in the life of Jesus. I mean, think about it. Why should Jesus pray? 
Why should Jesus separate himself to pray? Why should Jesus spend time with Jesus? Come on. <laughs> I can understand Pastor T and uh, uh, Minister Folusha, but Jesus. He had an anointing upon his life for an assignment, but he had to go beyond that. And that's where I want to talk about the anointing within us. The anointing within us. So I've spoken to us about the anointing upon us. There is an anointing within us. Still on the anointing upon, like I said, the anointing upon is for us to fulfill our particular assignments. If you go to 1 Peter 4, verses 10 to 11, he says, As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as of the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him minister of the, as of the ability that God gives, that God in all things might be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom he prays and dominion forever and ever. And amen. The anointing within. I want you to go to 1 John chapter 2. We're going to read this one. 1 John chapter 2. We'll do verses 20. Then we will do 26 and 27. 1 John chapter 2, we'll do 20, then we'll do 26 and 27. I want to talk about the anointing within. And then we'll share a few ways by which we can walk in that anointing. 1 John 2, 20. I want us to read this together. I want to let go. But you have an anointing. Can we do it again? But you have an anointing from the Holy One. And you know all things. Can we do verse 26 and 27? These things written to you concerning those that try to deceive you. But the anointing that you have received from him abides where? Is it on you? Okay, let's read it again. But the anointing that you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. So we read in these three verses of scripture that you have an anointing from the Holy One. Number one, you know all things. Number two, you have no need for any man to teach you. Now you can misunderstand this scripture. Back in school, I had a friend, during exams, he would always pray. So while we were all reading and studying, I happened to live in the same uh, uh, you know, uh, block with this guy. I would always see my friend praying in the spirit. I mean, he was a very, uh, there are people we call spiritual. You know, he was a very spiritual person. You know, he was the one we looked up to learn things about uh, uh, the Greek words and the Hebrew words and all of that stuff. But I noticed this guy would always just go around. And we were reading. You know, and I'm thinking, okay, is this the way to go, you know, and stuff. But the last time I checked, uh, the Holy Spirit teaches you all things and brings, Babu says, all things to your remembrance. Now, if I don't know anything, I can't remember anything. You understand that? And, and I just thought, hold on, this guy is meant to be reading. Why is he praying in the Spirit? And he said, oh, no, no, the anointing teaches us all things. Now, that is exam malpractice. You understand what I'm saying? So, so he kept praying in the spirit on the basis that we need not that any man teach us. Yet you attended lectures. 
Yet you wrote your test. Yet you went to school. So this isn't, we need not that. Because a lot of us, a lot of us take this and then we become proud. No, this doesn't say you don't need mentors or teachers. Uh, Isaiah 30 verses 20 and 21 where it says, No longer will your teachers be withheld from you. Your eyes will behold your teachers. Then you will hear a voice behind you saying, Behold, this is the way. Walk ye in it, whether you turn to the right or to the left. And so mentors and teachers exist in our lives for a purpose. They are God sent. That's not what this is talking about. It says you have an anointing from the Holy One. And you know all things. Tell your neighbor, I know all things. You have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I want us to go to 1 Corinthians 2. I want to tie it into something. 1 Corinthians 2, we'll do verse 12. 1 Corinthians 2, from verse 9, you see, it says, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Uh, but God has revealed them to us by his Spirit, because the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things um, of this world. Where are we now? Do 10. Okay. 11. Okay, what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit? of man that is in him. Likewise, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Go to verse 12 now. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit that is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given unto us of God. If you go back to John, 1 John uh, 2.26 there, is, sorry, uh, 2.26, yes, it says that, let's read it. It says, these things I've written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. Concerning those who try to deceive you. Now, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor the mind conceived the things that God has in store for those who love him, but God has revealed them to us by his spirit. Why? Because the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Let me make this statement. You have in your spirit the fullness of God's plans for you. It's in your spirit. God has revealed them to us by his spirit. So when you have the Holy Spirit in you, what you have in you effectively is the fullness of God's plans. I want you to imagine that you had a prayer partner. I want you to listen carefully. So um, who do I use? Let me say Pastor Ogo. Um, you know, I know her. So I know her to be, I know her to be, um, let's say she works for Bill Gates. Yeah? So she works for Bill Gates. She's his personal assistant. She knows his mind. She knows his schedule. She knows when he wakes up. She knows when she's saying amen. All right. <laughs> she knows when he wakes up. She knows when he goes to bed. She knows what he likes eating. She knows all of that stuff. Okay? And I am here trying to, uh, trying to get a signature in Microsoft and I know that Ogo can simply throw the sheet of paper in front of him and he will sign it. And so while I'm here, um, Mary, good. So while I'm here, you know, I say to Mary, Mary, you know, I've been praying about this uh, uh, contract in Microsoft. I've been praying to God, God, help me to get Bill Gates' signature. Help me to get Bill Gates' signature. And then Mary said to me, oh, Pastor T, you don't need to. Pastor Ogo is here. She's his personal assistant. She'll get it done just like that. 
And I said, no, 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 no. The Holy Spirit teaches me all things. I know all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I don't need Pastor Ogo's help. You know, that's what it looks like when we, don't, when we feel like we don't need the Holy Spirit. Or when we refuse to pray in the Holy Spirit. I'm mixing my notes up a bit, but just follow me. When we don't, when we don't pray in the Holy Spirit, you are neglecting God's... This is not even God's personal assistant. This is God in a different manifestation. And you're saying, no, 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 I don't need it. Yet, no man knows the things of God except the spirit of God that is in him. When you are praying in the Holy Spirit, you are effectively praying out the will of God for you. Go to Romans 8. Go to Romans 8. I don't have that here. I'll touch on it. Go to Romans 8, verse 26. Twenty-six. Whoosh. Hallelujah. Okay, let's read this together. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. Hallelujah. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. Likewise, Pastor Ogo helps in my weakness. I do not know how to reach Bill Gates as I ought. Am I talking to someone? But she herself makes intercession. To intercede means to speak on behalf of another. So she makes intercession for me. She goes to him for me. With groanings that cannot be uttered. Go to verse 27. Now he that searches the heart knows what is the mind of the spirit. Because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So if I said to uh, 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 Sister Mary, oh, I'm hoping I can meet Bill Gates on Wednesday. Pastor God would say, oh, no, 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 there's no need. His schedule is free on Thursday. She knows his will. She knows his mind. And so when you get into that place where you are conscious of the presence of God in you and you pray more in the Holy Spirit. I'm, I know I'm jumping off. Just follow me. And you pray more in the Holy Spirit. You establish to a fullness what is the will of God for you. If you go to Romans 12, go to Romans 12. Romans 12 verses 1 and 2. It says to offer up your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, that being your reasonable service. It says not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may know what is the good, what is the acceptable, and what is the perfect will of God. So you see that God's will for us comes in stages. The Bible says when the sower sowed the seed, it says it brought forth. It says some 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold. And as we understand God's plans for us better in the place of prayer, we begin to move fuller or more fully into his perfect will for us. It says to offer our bodies a living sacrifice. How do I offer my body a living sacrifice? Don't forget, it says, therefore I beseech you by the mercies of God. They tell us when you see therefore in the Bible, that's what is therefore. So go to Romans 8. I'm sure this is what God wants us to teach. I'm not, I don't have this in my notes. Go to Romans 8. Ro Romans 8 verse 1. 
You're going to see another therefore. Good. There is what again? Okay, I won't go to the therefore. Why that one is therefore? I hope I'm not confusing myself. So, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. There is therefore now no condemnation. A condemnation is a sentence. It's a judgment. It says there's therefore now no judgment. Somebody is struggling with a sin. Fornication. Somebody is struggling with a sin. Stealing. And you are saying to yourself, if only I would deal with this sin, then I can ask Jesus to come into my life. Jesus is like, the man in the apron with a mop standing outside your door, and then you heard Jesus is at the door. I said, oh, I need to tidy up this house. The same house that has been untidy for one year. You know how bad you are at organization. You know you've tried it for a year now. It's not working. And Jesus is saying, no, no, no. I'm the one meant to clean it up. <laughs> you are trying to clean it up because you're trying to get rid of condemnation. Yeah? Oh, these things are bugging me. Pastor, I struggle with this. I struggle with this. And I'm never going to walk in the fullness of God's plans for me until I deal with this. The problem is if you could deal with it, you would have dealt with it. Grace is God coming into our lives to clean it up. So there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in union with Christ Jesus who do what? Walk according to, sorry, who do not walk according to the flesh, but what? Walk according to the spirit. So the Bible says to us that the key to overcoming condemnation is walking according to the spirit. I had a, 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 I had a protege back in the UK when I, when I was staying there who would say to me, Pastor, I struggle with fornication a lot. You know, girls would come to my room, and before you could say Jack Robinson were in bed, you know, and every day I wake up in the morning and I say, I'm not going to fornicate. I'm not going to fornicate. I'm not going to fornicate. And I said, that's the problem. Hallelujah. <laughs> Don't focus on what you are not going to do. Focus on who you are. Have you ever seen a king, royalty, who is understanding the ways of the palace, saying, I'm not going to drink today. I'm not going to drink today. I'm not, mm -mm, mm -mm. There's something, that knowledge, that you are a king, there's something it does. There, there are some things it, it just eases out of your life when you focus on walking in the spirit. So I said to him, go and look for the I am scriptures. When you understand who you are, you see, it's an identity crisis that will cause a king to say, oh, I'm not going to drink today. I'm not going to go to the club today. I'm not going to go out. They're not going to pick me in the gutter tomorrow morning. Mm -mm. That king is maybe a king by title. When you understand what it means to be a king, when it means to be the child of God, the son of a king, there's a, there's a certain swag it, it brings to you. Your, your spirit starts to walk tall. It says, because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of death. When you look to walk in the spirit, you will be naturally be set free from the law of death. 
I think it was Smith Wigglesworth who, was, uh, who led a woman to Christ on a, on a ship. And she said, but I smoke a lot. Can I continue smoking? He said, oh, that's, that's not a problem. <laughs> when he saw her on the ship next, she said, you know what? I don't smoke again. So after I gave my life to Christ and you spoke to me, I just felt different. I just felt like this wasn't part of what I was meant to be doing. Bishop T.D. Jakes used to smoke as a pastor. T.D. Jakes was so massive, when he finishes preaching, they would take him backstage, open his shirt, and start punching him so that his heart can catch up. And then he used to smoke. So he said one day he went to meet the pastor of their denomination. And he said, Pastor, I have a confession to make. He said, what is it? He said, I still smoke. He said, yeah, I know. Uh, he said, if you knew, why haven't you stopped me? He said, I just figured you haven't yet seen what God has in front of you. If God showed him the massive crowds, if God showed him what God would use him to do throughout the world, he wouldn't need a lecture on smoking or not smoking. Some things just naturally drop off. I don't know why I detoured this much. Some things just naturally drop off. So there is an anointing within. Hear me. What charisma, where charisma can take you to, it is character that keeps you there. Did you hear that? Where charisma can take you to, it is character that will keep you there. So you hear a pastor, you know, he opens his mouth and fire comes out. He lays hands and everybody falls. And then you hear later the man fell. Oh, he was sleeping with somebody. Uh, they saw him on Facebook. Uh, they saw him somewhere with a lady. They checked into the same hotel. He had a mistress somewhere. He had the anointing upon. Hear me. If that man still went out into a crowd, the Holy Spirit would still fall. A.A. Allen used to minister in the spirit drunk. He grew up a drunk. His parents were drunk. Drunks. When he cried at a baby, they would put gin in his feeding bottle. They would put gin in his feeding bottle. He would suck, suck, and... <laughs> so you can imagine how he was raised. It was in his uh, system. Parents would just say, oh, stop disturbing. Just pour uh, this thing. It will go on a high. As a baby. ALM backstage would drink. He would be drunk. And he would come out and the word of knowledge will flow. And people will be healed. But he was dying inside. Why? Because he wasn't working on the anointing within. Tell your neighbor I have an anointing within. Say that anointing teaches me all things. Say I need not that any man teach me. John 16, 3, Jesus said, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. Because he speaks not of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So I want to talk to us about some ways by which we engage the power of God. One of them, we've started talking about it already, is praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. 
praying in the spirit. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have a new language, a prayer language. You know, I heard some rubbish before. I mean, growing up, you may have heard that when you pray in the spirit, it confuses the devil. And he doesn't know what you are saying. Well, that is kind, that is kind of correct. The problem is, praying in the spirit is not about confusing the devil. The devil is confused already. Talking about Jesus, he said, had he known, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Let me tell you, if the devil knew God's complete redemption plan for us, Jesus is not going anywhere. All this one that they were whipping Jesus, and he was, no, no, no. The devil said, don't touch him. If he dies, parent, (laughs) we're all in trouble. Had he known. So all those whippings, all those ones, they were sending people to Jesus and they were attacking him. The devil thought uh, he had a plan. No, he was actually working according to a script God has written. That is why that scripture, Acts, 20, uh, Acts 8, that we, sorry, Romans 8 that we read, that's why it goes on to say, for all things work together for the good of them that love God and accord according to his purpose. Hear me, whether good or bad, God will use it for good. The Bible says the wisdom of Aitofel has been turned into foolishness. The devil would have said, don't touch him. Don't touch him. Jesus understood the complete plan of God for his life. Jesus had to die on a cross. Jesus could not have died on the way to the cross. He could not have died. Mm -mm. Galatians 3.13, he says, Cursed is he that hangs on the tree. He had to hang on the tree. He had to hang. Not cursed is he that dies on the way to the tree. And so that understanding of God's complete plan for him kept him alive. He carried the cross. They whipped him. He kept seeing you and I at the cross. Uh -uh, That's where I'm meant to die. If I don't die there, Felicia won't be here today. If I don't die there, Mary won't be here today. So he carried it. That's why scripture says, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross and despised the shame. You and I were the joy that was set before him. You and I were what made him endure the cross and despise the shame. They spat at him. He says, no, I'm dying there. It's not happening. See, if they had whipped Jesus a thousand times, he's not dying there. Why? He understood the fullness of of God's plans for him. That's why Paul said all these things that are happening unto me. I know that they will rebound to me as a testimony. It's coming back as a testimony. When you pray in the spirit. Go to Jude verse 20. When you pray in the spirit. What happens is that you edify yourself. You edify yourself. You build yourself up. Jude 20 says to build up yourself in your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. There's a translation that says. It's, it's amplified that says to build up yourself higher and higher. Like a gigantic edifice. Praying in the Holy Ghost. One says charge up yourself like a battery. Charge up yourself. It was Mori. Mori who said, you know, after she prayed, when she was praying the Holy Ghost, she felt like she was holding a machine gun. Uh-huh. That's what it's like. Feel like you're holding a machine gun. You know the beauty of praying in the spirit? It bypasses your mind. Paul said, when I pray in the spirit, my spirit prays, my mind is unfruitful. Fear dwells in your mind. When you pray in the spirit, you can't rationalize. You can't say, but, hmm. But, but how? Scripture says the kingdom of God is as if a man would go into the field and scatter his seed. And, the, and he would sleep night and day and the seed would bring forth. And he knoweth not how. How God will do the things of the spirit, your mind can't comprehend. 
Your mind can't comprehend those things. And so there are things that you struggle with in the place of prayer. What you need to do is start to pray in the spirit concerning those things. So you have prayed about it in your understanding. Start to pray in the Holy Ghost. And just start to declare in tongues and pray over it. What you are doing is you are establishing God's will concerning that thing. You're establishing the will of God. You're establishing the will of God. I got home one day and I started to pray in the Holy Spirit. And I was praying in the Holy Spirit. And I was praying in, the Holy, praying in the Holy Spirit. And suddenly, I found myself praying in my understanding. And I was binding the spirit of death. And so I stopped and I said, ah, Death, Bawu, who is dying? Who is dead? You know, so I checked. All my family members were fine. So I said, okay. So I kept praying until I felt lighter. We call it a note of victory. Suddenly, you just know that you've, you have victory in this matter. You know, later that evening, my landlord came home. And he came home, he parked, he came out of the car, and I said hi to him, he said hi. And then the lady from the next door, she called out to him and she asked him in Yoruba, has she given birth? And he said yes. And she said, boy, or she asked, boy or girl? He said boy, and he walked in. Now, it dawned on me that my landlady was pregnant. I didn't know she was due. Number two, they've always believed God for a boy. So why is this man not smiling? So the, landlady, uh, the other lady ran across. I followed her, and we went into the house. And uh, I heard her asking him questions. And I said, hello, sir. How is madam? Uh, he said, she's fine. I said, uh, so how's the baby? He said, she's fine. I said, if everything's okay. He said, oh, no, there were just some little complications, you know. So I said, okay, please tell me where she is. So he told me. So the next morning, I got some nice, you know, gifts, and I went to visit her. As I got to her room, the door was open. I stood in front of a woman. She had two pipes coming out of her body. One had a, white, a, a, a transparent liquid. The other had a red liquid. She looked at me. She said, oh, pastor, oh, pastor, I almost died yesterday. I had goose pimples. I said, oh, 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 it's you. Uh, no, you won't die. <laughs> you won't die. I said, we settled it yesterday. We said today, yesterday. We said today, yesterday. Things, things, manifestations in the spirit. I was awake. I was. I woke up one morning, and God deals with me a lot in the area of open visions. I woke up one morning. I was lying in bed, and suddenly I saw that my 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 belly was like that of a pregnant woman, and there was a black frog on it, and the frog was looking me in the eye, and the frog said to me, "Now I'm going to deal with your sister." And I knew in my heart that I was meant to pray for my sister who was pregnant. And I was meant to tell her to really get serious with her prayer life. This was a Friday. So I said to myself, because we haven't spoken in a while, you know, sister, big sister sometimes, why haven't you called me? This, 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 this. I wasn't ready for that drama. So I said, when I get to Lagos on Monday, I will call her. So Monday, I was in Akure when this happened. Monday, I went to Lagos. I got into the house in Lagos. The house was empty. And then on my, I saw my junior sister, and she was crying. I said, why are you crying? She said, oh, my sister called. This my sister was in Abuja. She said she called. She said her water just broke at four months. You know what I did? I pulled a chair. I sat down. I started crying. <laughs> why? I knew that this one was upon my head. When you pray in the spirit, God reveals his plans to you. Fast forward two years later, we were, in my, uh, we, were in, we were in the UK. I was at home with my mom, and I was going to church. 
at this time, my sister still doesn't have kids. And I was going to church, and, you know, my mom would spend nights praying and asking God and begging for mercy, forgive me if I've done anything wrong. Let my daughter have a child, that, 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 you know. And I'm such a conservative person at home. People don't believe it. I even struggle to lead the, lead the house in prayer. <laughs> you understand what I'm very shy, like seriously, stupidly shy. Yeah, and, and so I'm going, this time I was pastoring a church in London, so I'm going out, and my mom says to me, oh, pastor, will you pray for us before you go out? <laughs> you know, so I said, okay. So she stood in front of me, and, you know, I, we just started praying, and suddenly the Holy Spirit took over, and I had a word for her, and the Holy Spirit was saying to tell her that her worry and her fear is actually what is stopping my sister from giving, having a baby. When I opened my eyes, my mom was slain in the spirit. She was on the floor. I packed my things and... <laughs> Amen. That year, my sister conceived. Now she has four kids. Hear me. The last one she had last year, age 40. She was 40. She had, she had the last one. So she had a girl first. Then she had twins. Then she had one for the road. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. When, when mighty things happen when we pray in the spirit. Mighty things happen when we pray in the spirit. Paul said, 2 Timothy 1.6, he says, I remind you to stir up the gift of God that is in you, that was put in you by the laying on of my hands. Paul was challenging them. He says, stir up the gift. The gift of God is in you. When you pray in the spirit, what you do is you stir it up. A translation we say to fan into flames fan into flames. It's like the lady who is roasting corn and she puts coal there. That coal is, is doing something. But every now and then, what does she do? She fans it into flames. I like saying it's like sugar in Gary. If you let it settle, it will be like there's no sugar in the Gary. But when you take a spoon and do what? You fan it into sweetness. <laughs> you can even add some kulikuli and when you, when you pray in the spirit, Kenneth Higgins will say when he prays in the spirit, it's like his spirit has just had a bath. Oh God, you feel fresh. You feel refreshed. You feel energized. Romans 1.11, I believe, Paul said to the Christians in Rome, he says, I long to see you to the end that I may, he said, I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end that you may be edified or established. Number two, study the word of God. Study the word of God. Study the word of God. I know I'm really, really behind time. Study the word of God. I've overshot my time. Study the word of God. It is important. When you study the word of God, that's another way of stirring up the gift of God that is in you. Study the word of God. The Bible says study to show yourself approved. A workman that needs not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of God truth rightly dividing the word of truth every christian should be a student of the word of god a student of the word of god some of us read uh, uh, read the bible like it's um, do they still do meals and boons i don't know sorry i'm older than i look do they still do meals and meals and boons no so some people don't know what it is yeah which one can we call it what did he call it 
Sufficient. Fifty shades. What, what, which other one can we use? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if some of us read the Bible like it's, a, you know, it's like it's just one, one novel, you know? Just open it. Oh, Jesus, where should I read today? Oh, where should I read today? Mm-hmm. Just open. Anywhere I open to. That's where. You open one day, say, woe unto you. <laughs> say, no, no, I cancel it. I cancel it. I cancel it. <laughs> I can't see. Father, where should I open? <laughs> okay. No, no, no. You can't read Bible like a Russian roulette. You know, you read Matthew today, you read Ezekiel tomorrow, uh, Nahum next week. You'll be a very confused, very confused believer. Every believer as you grow should have a method to study in the Word of God. Presently, I'm in the New Testament. I'm in Matthew, actually. I'm doing New Testament from start to end. Every believer should have a method to study in the Word of God. It's a study to show yourself approved, a believer that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It helps you discern God's perfect will. I had a guy back in school then who got born again, but was very lax in his spiritual disciplines. And so we found out that he was actually hooked on drugs. He was taking Indian hemp. I mean, thankfully, he's a pastor today with a very big denomination, and God is using him. He used to take Indian hemp. And we asked, ah, chief, what's the problem? Well, he said, you know, he felt like God asked him to use it. Yeah. He said, actually, it actually helps his Bible study. He said, pastor, when I take it, it's, I receive revelations. I said, me too, I will receive revelations if I take this thing. He said, I receive, I said, receive revelations. The guy got a lady pregnant, and he told her it must have been the will of God. This was a lady he led to Christ. So he impregnated her. You know, he said, if God didn't want it to happen, it wouldn't have happened. Amen. I won't take custody, but it must have been the will of God. <laughs> so you see that uh, that man still has a long way to go. Yeah, he's, not, he's not able to rightly divide the word of truth. God will never ask you to shack up to study. Yeah? Never ask you to shack up the scripture says, Do not be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be being filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. <laughs> Another one, fasting, fasting, fasting. We're rounding up. Another one, fasting. Follow me, you come up. Fasting, fasting. In 1 Corinthians 9, verse 26 and 27, Paul said, Therefore I run not with uncertainty. He says, I fight not as one that beats the air. He says, I bring my body under. I subject this body, lest after I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. The problem with this body is that it tends to have a mind of its own if you don't tame it. So one of the things you do when you fast is that you tame the body. Because this body is used to eating three times a day or two times a day or whatever it is for you. When you fast, you tame that body. Anyone who has fasted for a period before will tell you that the second, third day. You know those days when you start seeing men as trees? Uh You know, headache is setting in and... uh, uh, 
I mean, even Jesus. You know, when I read that, the Bible took Jesus to the top of the world. And he saw the whole world in the twinkling of an eye, like Jesus. Hmm. The fasting. <laughs> the fasting was there. How do you see the whole world in the twinkling of an eye? <laughs> Amen. The, the fasting was uh, uh, you're about to say what you <laughs> yeah <laughs> but what happens is that you tame your body you bring it under you subject it you subject your lusts people think lust only has to do with women no lust for food food some people can't see food passing you can't even smell it it's a problem They can't, some, they, can't mention, they can't put food in a sentence. Yeah, the minute that person is gone, you are seeing visions of burger and uh, a cake. You need to, then you tell this body, oh boy, you need to go to the gym. Oh. Amen. You need to go to the gym. We are working out this week. <laughs> we are working out. We break 6 p.m. every day. You are telling your body. We're breaking 6 p.m. every day. The body will say, ah, okay, can we, can we eat at 6 a.m.? And then we break at 6 p.m. <laughs> say, no, we are taking only water. Can we add ribbon now to it? Yeah? Have you, have you been there before where your body is trying to negotiate with you? Hmm. Say, oh, boy, ah, say... You know, and you see, real hunger is not what you think when you are hungry. What you think when you are hungry is what your your brain is telling you that this time of the day you should be eating. That's all. Have you noticed that when that time passes, you don't feel hungry again until the next time? Real hunger is in the throat. That's the truth. Jesus fasted. He was drinking water. The Bible can't survive forty days without the human being can't survive forty days without water. When he broke, the Bible says he ate. He said he hungered. He didn't say he tested. Those of you who want to kill yourself. <laughs> say one week, no water, no drink. <laughs> Jesus will receive you <laughs> in glory. <laughs> Amen. But you should, you should tame this body. And every now and then you should just decide I'm fasting this week. Your body will fight it. Archbishop Idaosa said he woke up one morning and he said, I'm going to church. And the body, the body said, ah, I don't feel like going to church. So he said, well, you meet me in church then. <laughs> <laughs> me, I'm going. <laughs> you meet me in church. Me, I am going. Because who you really are is the spirit man. This is a tent. It's a temporary dwelling place. Paul said, I'm confused. I've not seen this kind of confusion before. Paul said, I'm confused. He said, whether to remain in this body or to depart to be with the Lord. Have you seen someone who is confused about dying? He said, I don't know. I've been praying. Should I die now? Should I die next week? That's what he was saying. Why? Because he understood that this thing is just a casing. Casing. If you are not wearing this thing, you can't operate on earth. Yeah? They don't take spirit money in shop, right? Tell your neighbor fast. Ask them, have you fasted before? If they don't, don't know what it means, tell them. Yeah? To fast means to do without. So you can fast TV. You can fast tin cell. 
You can fast DSTV. It is possible, believe me. Sorry? You can fast Instagram. Have you fasted social media before? <laughs> it looks like you are going to die. <laughs> Nobody's liking you. Nobody's. <laughs> I'm sure some of you were just watching 12 o'clock. It's 12 midnight. <laughs> How many people like me today? <laughs> fast it for a week. You won't die. You won't die. <laughs> you won't die. Somebody has 5,000 friends. You, who, who are you? How can you have 5,000 friends? I believe you have 5,000 friends. Did they nobody likes you? You have heart attack. Say this picture, nobody's liking it. Is there a problem with the picture? That's your flesh. Your flesh. You, are, you, rely, on, you rely on what, what men say. <laughs> if nobody likes you, you like yourself. Nobody took you out, take yourself out. Amen. Yeah, some of you don't believe you deserve to be in, in some nice restaurants unless someone takes you. Ah, uh-uh. kill a day. Amen. Yeah, when when the when when the pepper lands, take yourself to somewhere big, big, big. What is uh, three thousand naira a night hotel? Go to one. See, go to one big one. Spend one night. Then go home the rest of the time. But just spend one night. Those days growing up, I would see Sheraton Hotel. I'll just pass. Ah! Big people. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit said to me, ah, them Abby. And I said, no. So you know what I would do? I would go into the lobby of Sheraton and just sit down. You know they don't pay for that one. <laughs> I just sit down. See, hear me. The minute you do that, your swag changes. You see people greeting you. You say, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sir, will you have anything? Um, can I see the menu? <laughs> when you see the when you see the prices, so let me think about it. I'll I'll, I'll get back to you. Yeah. Then I'll find how I just sneak out. Then I started buying coke. Just buy a bottle of coke. They were cheating me. Just pour small coke inside glass and say it's uh, how many hundred naira. I'll buy it. But I knew that uh, he that walks with the with the wise, with the big boys. Uh-huh. Hallelujah. Amen. I want us to do something this evening or this, this afternoon. I want us to worship God. I want to trust that God's power will fall on us this, this afternoon. Let me, let me say that as we worship, I want your heart to reach out to him. Let's lift our hands in surrender. And let's ask him to use us Amen. Let's rise to our feet. Let's ask him to use us. I believe someone has given the salvation call, so I don't need to. Let's ask him to use us. 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 You are. Let me ask that we all pray in the Holy Spirit. Just pray in the Holy Spirit. Just release yourself. Pray in the Holy Spirit. As many as are baptized in the Holy Spirit, pray in the Holy Spirit right now. 
Pray out loud, 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 pray out loud. Koshata kirebo koshete rabakasata. Imbrono go zusufrage da kadashta halababa kandeze. Ingrobo jegregege bo shataya bababa. Libo bobo koshekere de boko sondo yaba. Lembro do boko shendere de bokoshta. Imbro bobo bobo boko Thank you for listening to a message from the Life Point Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng.